What's up? Welcome to the Confluence VC podcast. This podcast is meant to give you a personal glimpse into the next era of investors and operators. This week we had on Mike Supervici with VC Lab. VC Lab is the leading venture capital accelerator program for fund managers. The program is 16 weeks. It's completely free for participants once they're accepted. And the goal is to help participants reach their first close. In this talk, we talk about the types of people that are most likely to become emerging managers, the most challenging parts about starting your own fund, and non-obvious things about pitching VCs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, everyone, welcome to the Confluence VC Podcast. Today we have a close friend of the Confluence community, Mike Supervici from VC Lab. And yeah, we're big fans. Maybe we should open the floor for him or them. I don't know what you go by. So I don't, you know, everyone, we're very PC here. Just tell us about yourself. What makes you smile? How'd you get to where you are? And then we can dive into some stuff about VC Lab. Thank you so much for having me on, Tyler. Super excited to be here. Big fan of the community that you all are building as well. So my name is Mike Supervici. I'm the head of acceleration here at VC Lab. VC Lab at this point is the leading accelerator for uh, venture capitalists. So if you're a new manager and want to start a firm, VC Lab is the probably one of the best, if not the best ways to do that. And this year alone, we're on track to launch over half of the new venture capital firms created worldwide. You know, Taking a step back, I started at Founder Institute, where I was managing a portfolio of over 6,000 companies. And, and really, that's kind of how this whole idea for VC Lab started. So the number one thing that I did is try to help founders raise capital. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Founder Institute, Founder Institute at this point is the largest pre-seed accelerator in the world. It operates in over 200 cities worldwide. So as you can imagine, I was basically helping founders raise capital all over the world in all sorts of cities, you know, every demographic, everything, you know, in addition to that, you know, Founder Institute is really pushing a lot of very various diversity initiatives. So at the time I was helping, you know, a portfolio that was over 40% female too. So I just started to see how hard it was for, for founders to raise capital like everywhere, all over the world, you know, it was just brutally difficult, really difficult terms, term sheets, very hard process. At the same time, myself and Adeo Ressi, who was the founder of the Founder Institute, we had raised, I think, 13 funds internally. So we said, look, maybe we can take this process that we learn around raising a fund. And since we know how to run Accelerator very, very well, maybe we can try to start an accelerator for venture capitalists as an experiment. And that's how the whole thing started, really. You know, it was happened within Founder Institute as a, you know, a little experiment. And it grew beyond any of our expectations. You know, again, this was just the need to try to solve a funding gap that we saw in the portfolio. But it grew beyond anything we ever imagined. You know, we're, you know, just enrolled cohort seven 
over 2,200 people started applications for the cohort. You know, and so we ended up spinning it out. We spun it out out of Founder Institute about a year ago and just decided to kind of go all in and scale it. So both myself and Adeo Resi went all in to try to help launch new venture capital firms. You know, And as of today, we've helped launch over 200 firms all over the world, you know, with all sorts of super interesting various theses. And I'm happy to discuss the program and so on and any other questions you may have, Tyler. No, no, I think that's super dope. I think it's fascinating as someone who's both launched and started or been in founding teams of funds, seeing everyone in the Confluence community start to spin up and also as an LP. So I would love to understand the structure of VC Lab, and then maybe we'll get into incentives and long-term relationships and those kinds of things as well. Yeah, totally. So VC Lab, again, is an accelerator that helps new managers launch enduring venture capital firms, not funds. So the way we look at an enduring venture capital firm is a firm that gets to, you know, has multiple family of funds under management. And our entire mission is to get people to fund three, because at that point you're essentially enduring. So a lot of the things you set up initially when you start a firm are designed to kind of try to help you get there. The program is free, but it's pretty hard. It's, you know, in order for you to finish and to be considered an alumni, you must complete a closing. That's, that's how it, it is. And the process that we underline there is all designed to help you get there. So we provide structured curriculum. And again, this, there's no theory. This is like not like learning about venture capital. This is like not a learning program. It's a closing program. So you go in, we tell you what to do, tell you how to think about like who to talk to, you know, how to, how to you know, build your deck, all that other stuff. And it's all designed to basically get you to a closing. And there's a very specific reason for that. Before a closing, a manager is basically a person with a deck, right? And, and that's like 80% of people that are going around talking to like LPs. Yeah. After a closing, you're a person with a fund. And future LPs take you significantly more serious. Now you can start to talk to other different types of LPs and all sorts of other stuff. And so you're in like a completely different stratosphere. Right. And so that's that's basically why the program is designed as follows. Now, we have a very powerful community, probably one of the top communities, if not the top communities for new managers, where you get all sorts of answers. We have office hours, all the stuff that you would expect out of an accelerator, uh, just very focused on basically getting people to a closing. How do you like, within this structure, I'm curious about the, the underlying like sourcing or choosing mechanism, like for the people in our community who may want to contact you. Or just like, just in general, like how do you find the people who can make it into VC Lab and yeah. what they're like? It's a really, really, really good question. So look, we, all of our growth has been word of mouth. You know, we really didn't even have a website till like four months ago and our website still needs an enormous amount of work. So we haven't really done a lot of marketing other than just some webinars and things like that is just, you know, basically our community, people that are alumni end up telling other people. And that's basically how we end up, you know, filling cohorts and, and, and getting folks to apply. And, you know, we're again on cohort seven now. We've helped launch hundreds of firms. And so, you know, the network effect is basically taken off, off at this point. And, you know, the program works really well. It's got really strong product market fit. And that's how we're growing. Now, you know, you asked a really interesting question, which is regards to admissions. And we actually took a lot of these principles from the Founder Institute. So uh, for 
the audience that doesn't know, generally the way most accelerators work, right? You've got a kind of like a, we call it an admissions person or team, and then just pick people. It's like you, 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 and you, right? And then that's it. And then you basically finish the program and that's the, the way it works. We have a two-step admission program and this is, we feel that that makes things a lot more fair and allows for a lot less bias, right? So we go through an extensive review where a panel of people reviews everybody's kind of application and we look for various factors. And if you want, we can dive into that as well. Then we make an admissions decision and then the program takes over from there. And as I mentioned, the program has is you know is a closing program, and we have very specific checkpoints along the way. One is the thesis review, another one is presentation review, and the other one is basically your commitments review. So everything is sequential. Like if you don't have a really good thesis, it doesn't make sense for you to build a deck because all a deck is is essentially an extension of the thesis. And what's a good thesis? It's a sentence that you tell LPs. And if one and three or one and five say I'm in, you've got a really good thesis. Now you can go out and actually build a deck, build a presentation and all these other things. If you don't have a really good deck and really good materials, there's no sense in you getting letters of intent for people to go and invest in your fund. We call those pacts, right? And so it, you know, these are all sequential, right? And so if at any point during the program, you know, you, the, the GP like falls behind, there's two options. We either give, give the GP a sprint to help them catch up kind of to where they need to be in order to close at that particular point in time. Or, you know, they can withdraw from the program and, you know, re-enroll into a future program, right? Our whole point is to basically save people time. The way we think about everything we do is in terms of return on investment per unit of time spent. That's it, that's what we do, right? And so if you're not on track, it doesn't make sense for you to go out and tap into your network if your thesis needs a lot of work, because you're just going to get a ton of no's. And that's not a good thing for anybody involved, right? And so that's what we're trying yeah. to do, right? And so, you know, we'll start with, you know, at this point, we're in cohort seven. I think we started almost 200 plus funds. I think we'll probably graduate somewhere between 50 to 100 right? Just because of the program. So in other words, the program helps people kind of like self-select on the way to closing. And if they're not on track, we have numerous stories of people that have come into a future cohort and close on that, right? So that's the, the, the methodology. And that's why we think it works really well. It's pretty fair. I think that's fascinating. Do you get a lot of second time fund managers coming to you or people who are previously solo GPs or like what are people like usually coming into the fold? Yeah, we've even had people on fund threes you know, coming in because a lot of the methodology still applies there too, you know? So, you know, you, you've kind of talked about archetypes and so let me cover that as well. But as, as a general, as a general rule, we we're trying to help people launch firms, right? So this is like a business. This is going to be your business of launching a fund. Like, you know, it's not like doing an SPV or something like that on the side. So the types of people that, that want to start those firms are generally we've identified either angel investors who want to kind of scale up their practice a little bit to get to like where they're building a business. Network leaders. So folks that are either running an accelerator or they're like a famous professor that has a whole bunch of interesting deal flow in AI or a person that runs a very large conference. Basically, you know, a person that's effectively swimming in deal flow, so for lack of better words, right? Yeah. That's, that's what we call like network leader. And, you know, little side work. Venture is a network business. So if you don't have a large network, it's very difficult for you to do a closing, very difficult for you to have enough deal flow and so on. So that's something we look for in admissions in general, right? And if that's not the right time, then build out the network and come back, right? That's how we think about things. 
Another type of folk, and we're seeing a lot of folks like this now, people leaving firms and starting their own thing, right? There's, it's been very well documented how like a lot of the transition plans in many firms has been suboptimal to say it politely. So a lot of people are just like, you know, I'm gonna just start my own thing, you know? And so we've had a lot of people leave very famous firms to go and start their own thing. And that's that's another another type of folk that works really well. And then finally, kind of a successful entrepreneur, right? And a lot of founders want that entrepreneur involved in their in their business somehow because of their advice. And so they also have incredible deal flow, right? So those four archetypes tend to do really well in the program, but we've made plenty of admissions decisions of folks that don't fit that. So it's not, if you're not that, it doesn't, it's all good. But I would say to still apply. I think this is incredible. I'm like, yo, we need to collaborate on so many fronts from like, one, I need to take your, your course because I just think, why not know this? Super dope. Two, so many people in Confluence are at that point where they're spinning up. And three, I incubated and sit in on a lot of committee for the Equity Alliance, which is helping POC and women fight first time and second time managers get ramped up. I'm sure you probably have a lot of crossover, but yeah, yeah. yeah a lot a lot of crossover on that, right? We're already at 25% female and the goal is to try to get that to 50%, right? That's the way we're, we're thinking about things, you know? So good. Yeah, we actually have a conference coming up that may make sense for you to be a guest at. So let's at the end of this talk about it. Dude, this is this is incredible. Okay, lots of funds are popping up. Seems like the barrier to entry is going down, the capital inflow is going up as the loss ratio and venture goes down over time and we start to institutionalize. And uh, as we start to see more and more data across how venture as an asset class is performing relative to its peers. Can you speak towards what you're seeing? Is the barrier to come, is the barrier to entry coming down? Is it actually easier? Or is it like secretly you enabling everyone to come and like join the space? What's up? Yeah, it's it's a really, really good question. Look, starting a venture capital firm is one of the hardest things a human could possibly do. Okay. It's this is very, very difficult and it's not for the faint of heart. Right, you know, trying to kind of find my words here, but basically, you know, if you're a new manager, it's kind of like a scarlet letter, right? Like you have a very limited pool of potential investors that want to invest in your fund. Most investors are actually prevented by charter to put money into your fund. There's very few, particularly institutional type of investors that want to invest in your fund. And this is happening all over the world. And then you add to that all the other complexities of, let's say you're raising in an emerging market where there's no VC, so you have to educate folks that have made money in say real estate and so on, adds a lot of complexity. Let's say you're launching in a highly regulated environment like Europe, where it's just very, very difficult to do that. And so it's, it's, not, it's not easy, right? And then on top of that, there's just not a lot of information all over the world. Now, look, as you said, we're, we're trying to fix a lot of this, right? That's part of the number one reason that we think it's so important for our program to be free so that we can empower as many people as possible to launch enduring venture capital firms. And so, you know, this content is not kind of hidden away behind, behind some sort of like paywall or something like that, right? But I, I, you know, it is still really challenging to start a venture capital firm and we're trying to fix a, fix a lot of this stuff. 
to try to bring some structure to it because a lot of things in this world are very unstructured. This is why you see limited partner agreements being a 150 page insurance manual, right? So we're trying to fix that. We created a LPA that's 30 pages with all the terms on the first two pages so that anybody could read them, right? Things like that so that we can try to make this process significantly easier for folks. And over time, as venture kind of goes from where it's been historically, which is like a niche asset class into like mainstream, I do agree with you that we are going to get to that level, which is effectively nirvana, which is where starting a venture capital firm is every bit as accessible as starting a startup, okay? But we, there's still a lot of work to do there. And I, you know, I do think that's, that's super important. Now, one of the things that, you know, I, I don't know if you're insinuating it on this, but it's like, what happens if there is all these like firms? Is that going to like drive down returns? Da, da, da. Like a lot of people talk about this kind of stuff, right? And to me, I've always struggled with that, right? Because kind of how I started, right? I started a founder institute helping all sorts of founders of all sorts of different backgrounds raise capital. And we all know that's really, really hard. And even today with more funds focused on diversity and more funds focused on international stuff, more funds focused on climate, there's still not nowhere near the level of capital necessary to power all the innovation that's happening. And so I don't think we're anywhere close to that. And I, 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 would, I don't know that if there's any sort of underrepresented founder going out there complaining about their uh, being with too much capital, right? Like, so I think yeah. we have a long way to go before we fix that problem. And uh, same with innovation. That's a good point. I mean, on the side of the fund managers though, right? Like as they're coming in and making their theses and trying to get to their first close or whatever it might be, you know, there are a lot of arguments for the capital itself becoming commoditized, whether or not there's a supply and demand imbalance. How are you seeing these managers be able to come up with innovative and sustainable ways to compete? Well, you know, as we have a, we've kind of like this, this thesis temp template and, and the last part of it is like your secret sauce. Okay. And so if you need to have a differentiated point of view for you to win, I mean, let's just use the cohort seven example. I've mentioned there's 200 plus firms in it, right? You're, you know, like a lot of those firms are raising money right now. And so in order for you to win, you got to have a differentiated secret sauce. And that's why we spend a lot of time on thesis. That's why thesis often takes like a month or so for a lot of people to really crystallize. So they have a really good shot. But when you have that just right, then you it's kind of creates like this, what I call like the golden triangle where like the perfect GP meets the perfect thesis meets the perfect LP. And that dramatically reduces fundraising, right? That, you know, instead of you pitching a thousand people, you're pitching 150 very specialized LPs that really, really care about your thesis or 200 LPs or whatever the number is, right? You're converting one in five of them as opposed to one in 50 of them and things like that. So look, there, there's, there's, Gonna, there are a lot of individuals who have incredible deal flow or incredible knack for spotting new and innovative companies, right? And so I, I think that, you know, by empowering those folks, we will see a lot more innovation moving forward. And so that's how we're, we think about the world, right? I mean, there would be no Moderna, right, without venture capital, no Tesla without venture capital. And there's no reason why 
those companies shouldn't be should be founded in I don't know Latam or Africa or you know in the middle of the United States or whatever right it doesn't matter where they are that's how we see it mm. yeah totally agree whoa drop my drop my question list everybody the bags out Tyler doesn't write his own raps okay so you know that reference it's like it's like a drink and meat mill beef from years ago but <laughs> What I would love to, to get from you is what you're seeing is the most challenging. Yeah. What, is, yeah. What, what are these managers like when they have to drop out and come back or when they're like going through the process and they get stuck in a bottleneck? Like, what are those moments? And, and what do they like vent to you about in the like group chats of like mental health? <laughs> like I'm stressed. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, so number one, we covered this like briefly a little bit before. I mean, getting this thesis just right is a lot of work. It really, really is, right? Because it's like, what makes you unique to kind of fund this specific type of company or focus or whatever it is that you have? So that takes a lot of feedback and a lot of iteration. And, you know, the way we basically help people get through that faster is that we just have a lot of community working groups. We're in it, office hours and things like that to kind of help. But it's very, very difficult, right? Because it's just human nature, right? Human nature is to say, look, if I could just ex over explain this with you with like a deck or something like this, you would totally really understand what I have. Like the more words I have, like the, the better I can explain. And in fact, that's not true. What, what you need is like to be able to explain something in like one sentence because that's the foundation. And if that foundation is not solid, no matter what, no matter how much you build on top of that, it's, it's not, not going to be very sturdy, right? And so, you know, getting, condensing something into like a one sentence with 35 words or less, with no adjectives, right? With data showing that what you've done in the past makes you super uniquely qualified to perform really well at managing individuals' capital, right? Is very, very, very difficult. It just, it just is, and, and it should be, right? But once you have that, you know, then you're in a really good position to kind of accelerate fundraising and so on, right? The second thing I would say is kind of like mining for the right type of LPs, right? And this is where we see a lot of mistakes happen. And this is how the accelerator kind of also helps a little bit. It's just that we basically help people target the right LPs for their, their thesis, right? And so, you know, the, the challenge is, is that a lot of the LPs that are more institutional are a little bit more visible, right? And so they're easier to find. And so folks want to go and target those, those types of LPs, but those LPs will almost never back a new manager and they have a six to 12 month due diligence process. And you're trying to close your whole entire fund in that time or less. And so it's just not really well aligned for what you're doing and so you need to kind of like look through your network to find the right type of lps and a lot of people struggle with that right because again it's kind of easy to find those folks it's harder to find high net worth individuals that can make a decision and like you know one pitch and and kind of work through their network find folks who can help there and kind of build up from there right and so that's another kind of challenging area that we've seen for folks and then final thing is it's just formation and back office. I mean, gosh, that's just like, an, that entire industry is like a racket, right? Because you've got lawyers that charge variable rates, admins that charge variable rates, and, you know, accountants that charge variable rates, right? And, you know, if that's in a developed ecosystem like the United States, like Delaware, imagine yeah. what that's like outside of Delaware, right? It's very complicated, very expensive, and so on. And so that's why we're trying to kind of rebuild the 
you know, the legal agreements and all this other stuff. So we can kind of help people get through this experience a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. So you all have been doing VC lab for how long now again? Yeah. So a, a couple of years now, you know, that's when we first did the first cohort was like exactly, I think like 26 months ago or something like that. Yeah. And you all are going to launch a thousand funds. Uh, we were definitely. I, I think. I think. We're, I think it's realistic. I think it's realistic. That's definitely our goal, and we want to get to that level again. I think this year alone will probably do one to two hundred. So it's yeah. Not, I'm seeing it as like that's you're shortcutting yourself. That's a modest goal. I think you can do more. Yeah, I, I, you just I have, after hearing that. you speak thus far, it's it's clear to me that you'll get there. Tell me, what has it been like for you building this? Yeah, it's been a very challenging yet very like rewarding experience. You know, I was having this conversation with with someone the other day and I was like, look, if, if we were to fail like tomorrow, you know, and we've la helped launch 200 firms, each of them are going to fund at least 25 companies. And that's if they don't even launch another fund. All firms have agreed to what we call the Mensarius Oath. It's a prerequisite to join our program where people basically take this oath, this pledge that they're going to be this ethical human being that's going to fund things that matter. Everybody took that in order to go into the program. So you've got all these folks that are like funding things that like matter from like a very missionary perspective. They're no different than any other like missionary entrepreneur that you run into that you're super excited to back as, a, as an angel or as a VC, right? It's the same concept, right? And they're like, they're, I, there's no doubt that some really important things are going to happen as a result of what we've just done already, right? And so like, it's been like a very rewarding experience, even though it's been challenging, right? To kind of work with hundreds and hundreds of managers and all that, but it's been like very rewarding overall. Gotcha. Yeah, at some point, I want to figure out how we can collaborate and I want to help you on that mission. Yeah, I'd love to figure that out as well. Yeah, we, we've got we got to put some time, me, you, and my partner, it's like Clay, and separately me, you, and my partner, Julia, on the investment side. Sounds good. Let's um, do it. Yeah. So with that, usually Clay will come in now and make me smile and give you a you know really cool answer to whatever question you might ask me for our open, open seat, but he's not here. So ask me anything. And then I'll take Clay's, I'll take Clay's role and go through the quick fire round. Yeah, no, I know. How did you end up like building such a vibrant community? What are some of the secrets to that? I'd love to learn for my own sake. The answer is Clayton Norris. <laughs> no, yeah. no, we, the vibrant community is, I think, very similar to you. It's just like, but also not, but Clayton is the, like Clay is the answer. Like he's a genius. I think I'm like a, a energy ball and like a new, like a nucleus of a lot of folks I know people, but like the infrastructure, he's a guru and he pays attention, even like being in tune with what you're doing. So for us, it just started as like, Hey, there's a big pain point. He worked at several funds, came in directly at underground adventure. I'd worked at like five at that time. I'd worked at seven different funds. But like there's no unified place where you can get a good education. Very similar to starting a fund. Like yeah. if you work for some single LP that's like a 70 millionaire trying to get their feet wet, you don't learn that much on average. If you work for TCV or Union Square or 0.72, like I got to when I first graduated or ABC when I was still in college, right? Like you end up getting a lot of good training. So we are like, what if there's one place where you can get 
everything you need to know and it'd be like tier one information and then what if we made that open source and everyone in the community whether they be from a small shop with not much background or the best shop in the world could add nuance that spiraled into hey why is it so hard for people to get introductions to their peers so let's make a neutral place in the slide group that spiraled into like why can't people do deals let's turn into syndicates why can't people who are junior get a platform to communicate that turned into a podcast then it turned into like, well, they still want to meet people like you because they want to be fund managers one day. That turned into getting people like you. So it all feeds on itself because every new thing you do is a clue to the next thing you should do. And that's that's kind of the mix of it. And you know, we're now at this really cool point where all we want to do is uplift people like you so your audience can grow and be impacted. And now from my side of things, I have capital to put behind it. And from Clay's side of the ES platform was visible to put behind it and partnerships that he can put behind it. So yeah, man, I hope that it keeps growing and we can impact a ton of junior investors who end up being your, your cohorts. Yeah, and I wish you continued success and love to help in any way that we can, for sure. We will collaborate and yeah. we'll figure something out. I'm, I'm like, why, why, like, why can't we push people into your thing and then through our future GP scout program where we fund people, why can't some of your folks from the Institute just like take capital from us? That's where my head is. So I'm putting it out there into the universe. Yeah. Everyone here, hear this. It may or may not have, but it could be cool. Yeah. Any other questions? Not, not right now. Cool. Well, quick fire. Two seconds. No, I'm kidding. Two sentences or less. Run through these questions. Cool. Let's do it. What is a recommendation you regularly hear that you think is bad? Talking to lawyers and fund administration people early in the process, that's almost always a bad idea because you just don't know what your LPs will want. You don't know what the fund is going to look like. And it's a complete waste of time and often a lot of money. So don't talk to lawyers or fund administrations until you have at least 10 to 15% of your fund Heart circled, meaning sign letters of intent from limited partners. Just don't do it. Then you can start that process. That's a hot take. Very hot take. Love it. When should you start a fund? You should start a fund when you feel like your network is, is large enough to produce deal flow and help you with, with you know, limited partners. If your network is not giving you lots of deal flow, for example, then you, I would say keep working on developing the network. In the last year, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Sleep, sleep optimization, 100%. You know, I can go into details and geek out on that, but it's rapid fire. Mm. When should people stop raising a fund or quit venture? I mean, I think you should stop raising a fund if, you know, you've been at it for a year or more or whatever, and you're not getting any yeses, right? You're not getting anybody signing letters of intent. And this is why, by the way, the program works so well, because it creates the the opportunity for people to figure out if this is what they want to do with their lives or not right because you're going to test this out you're going to do uncomfortable things you're going to go talk to those lps lots of lps and then you'll know you'll know if you're ready or not okay makes sense if you had one ask for our listeners that would be beneficial to you and then separately beneficial to the world or your network what would it be i want the one for you you can give it five sentences if you need yeah, I think I look, if if you're interested in 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 starting a firm, definitely apply to the accelerator. However, if you're just interested in kind of working in the industry, if you 
just visit govclab.com when you go to jobs, an entire section where we basically match potential venture partners with alumni firms that have closed that are building and things. So it's an, another opportunity for you to basically kind of get involved in venture if you're early on in your career. So I would say, take a look at that. Look, right, right now, the world needs a lot more venture capital, in our opinion, in order for important things to get funded. And so if you can help in any way on that, we, uh, we're more than happy to support you. Beautiful. Okay, last one. We at Confluence, as a collective, or Confluence, believe that everything that we do is for us and by us, including you. So anyone in your world that you want to see on this podcast, please let us know now in front of the world. And uh, we'll figure out subsequently if we can make that happen sooner than later. Yeah, definitely. I, there, there's several GPs that have graduated that I really think you should talk to. And I can send you a list, but there's a gentleman named Ehar, uh, and I will go ahead and, and send you the, the, the info there. But he's, he's awesome. You should definitely have him on here. He's a terrific investor and angel. Okay. That'd be incredible. I would love to meet them. Cool. That's, that's pretty much everything. Thank you, everyone. We should talk about... Thank you. Huge thanks again to Mike for coming on this week. We hope that each of you are able to pick up something valuable from this talk. If you're looking to get in touch with Mike, we've linked his social info in the description below. And you can also check out VC Lab at govclab.com. Dot com. Uh, like always, if you want to find out more about us, our website is www.confluence.bc. Hope that helps. For next steps, if each of you have not submitted your info to become a member yet, you can do that through our website at www.confluence.bc. And also, if you want to become a subscriber to the newsletter, we offer a ton of free resources in there each and every week meant to help you become better at your individual roles. You can subscribe there at www.confluence.substack.com. Hope that helps. Hope to hear from you all soon.